Have you ever interacted with your team and saw something different? Not, oh, that's cool different, but what were they thinking different? Hey, it's David, and you're listening to Leadership Without Losing Your Soul, your source for practical leadership inspiration, tools, and strategies you can use to achieve transformational results without sacrificing your humanity or your mind in the process. When I was 12 years old, I found myself on the receiving end of one of those what were they thinking moments. I was a Boy Scout. I was on a camping trip, and my friends and I had thoughtfully planned out a menu and bought groceries, and now we were struggling to cook breakfast. And that's when Bud, our adult leader, walked by. He stopped, looked at our frying pan, arched an eyebrow, and asked, what are you making? We held up a pan full of a blue-green gelatinous charred mess. Blueberry pancakes? We answered. I've never forgotten what Bud did next. He crouched down next to the fire with us. Well, let's see what we have here. We explained our concoction. It was autumn and blueberries weren't in season, so we'd bought the next best alternative, blueberry pie filling. We substituted a cup of pie filling for a cup of fresh blueberries. And if you know anything about cooking, it just doesn't work that way. The pie filling added more liquid and sugar to the batter than the plain blueberries would have. And not knowing any better, we'd mixed it all up, poured it in the pan, and watched it burn while we poked it with a spatula. Bud pretty easily figured out what had happened, explained the problem, and asked, okay, so if you've got too much liquid in your batter, what do you need to do? And he coached us through adding more dry ingredients until we had something close to the right consistency. Then he helped us cook the resulting pancakes. The texture still wasn't right. They didn't make nice, neat circles, and they turned a strange color, something between forest green and steel gray. But the taste heavenly. You didn't need any syrup for these things. They were delicious, at least for an 11-year-old kid. With Bud's help, we had invented a new breakfast delicacy. We called them the Slimers, the tribute to Ghostbusters. For years to come, Slimers were a staple of our camping trips. Even when fresh blueberries were available, we'd stick with our version. And as an adult, I've even made them a few times on family camping trips. So when you wonder, what were they thinking? When you see something that makes very little sense to you, it's normal to feel frustrated, concerned, or even angry. I mean, your team should know better, right? But that moment of exasperation is also an opportunity. What you saw could be a cool new micro-innovation, a good idea that just needs refinement. It could represent a fundamental lack of understanding or ignorance of critical rules or process, Or maybe they weren't thinking at all. All of these are opportunities to improve. Your people can learn. You can improve your processes. And you can leverage new ideas. But it's easy to miss those opportunities if you react with frustration. If Bud had shaken his head at our slimy mess and told us to cook eggs like the other kids, we would have missed out on Slimers. So what do you do when you're wondering, what were they thinking? Well, to take advantage of these moments and identify the opportunity, you can use Bud's curiosity. 
approach the team with kneeling down and asking, all right, well, let's see what we have here. A common reason that people make what were they thinking mistakes is lack of clarity. They don't know where procedures are mandatory or where they should make their own decisions. And your genuine curiosity can help uncover those gaps. And then you can fix your training or communication. So even when you're wondering what were they thinking, it's an opportunity for you to improve processes and their understanding. Maybe they don't know how to implement a good idea. That's when you can use the nine what's coaching method we've talked about in prior episodes to help them identify goals and potential solutions. Just a refresher, that's where you ask what, what's their goal? What have they tried? What'd they learn from that? What else might they do? What would happen if they tried those things? Is there anything else that they need? Other skills, equipping? And if you get an I don't know along the way, you can ask, what would you do if you did know? All of culminating in asking, okay, what are you going to do? A series of nine questions to help coach people through their own thinking. And if they weren't thinking at all, now you know. Is this an opportunity to help the team grow or a sign that maybe that person is a poor fit for the role? And sometimes when you're wondering what were they thinking, it's a moment that will reveal a new approach. Take the time to understand why they did what they did, and you just might uncover the key to better customer service, a better employee experience. Help them refine the idea and think about how you can share it, how they can share it with other teams. Hey, this is Nora, and I have a question. Hi, David. My name is Jamie, and I'm calling in from Maine. My question is about... Hey, David. This is Julian from Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. This is John from Colorado Springs. This is Johan White from Kingston. I have a question for you. This is Cynthia from Baltimore. Hi, David. This is Susan from New Jersey, and my question is... Hi, David. This is Dean from Denver. I would love your advice on this. I hope that you will share a leadership or management-related question with me. I love to answer questions, and I would love to answer yours. You can send me your question at david.die at letsgrowleaders.com, or you can go to leadershipwithoutlosingyoursoul.com, the website for the podcast. Click the big orange button, and there you can record your question. Today's question is one that's come from a number of different people. Uh, in response to our new book, Courageous Cultures, How to Build Teams of Micro-Innovators, Problem Solvers, and Customer Advocates. And as people have been learning about the book and discussing it with us, one of the questions that has consistently come up for uh, different folks is, can you really teach courage? If a culture isn't courageous and people aren't raising their hand, they're not speaking up, they're not sharing ideas, can you do it? Well, You might anticipate that the answer from somebody who wrote a book called Courageous Cultures is absolutely. You absolutely can. And here's the thing. We're going to take a broader definition of courage because a couple aspects of this. First is, if somebody doesn't have the confidence to share their idea, you can equip them with that because there's a lot of reasons people don't have that confidence. Maybe they don't know what idea is relevant. So be clear about where you need a great idea. Maybe they don't know how to think it through and how to make it as relevant as it could be. Well, that's where the idea model comes in. Can you help them find an idea or structure or vet their idea in a way that it's interesting, doable, engaging to other people, and actionable? What are the next couple of steps they would take? I-D-E-A. Interesting, doable, engaging, 
actions. Just those two elements of knowing where ideas are needed and helping people to think through and just those quick four steps about how to vet an idea is going to increase their confidence in sharing and coming forward with something that they're thinking about. Then from there, as you're responding with regard, and we've talked about that in, in previous episodes about how you respond, particularly to the ideas that aren't as fully baked as you'd like. And even today, when we're talking about what to do, when what were they thinking, that's a way of building energy and momentum as people take the chance of sharing. They're trying. So how do you reward? How do you encourage that effort that you want more of? The more you do all that, the more you create a culture where speaking up is normal, it's rewarded, it's expected, and that's developing people's confidence. Another place to look if you have a team that is not particularly courageous, are there any of those toxic courage crushers out there that you need to get rid of? If it's taking all of people's courage just to show up to work every day and just to to do their normal job, just to get through the day, of course they're not going to have any extra courage left to you know speak up and raise an idea or solve a problem. They're just trying to get through. So if you've got those issues going on, get rid of them. That's job number one. So can you develop courage in your team members? Absolutely. Start with clarity. Equip them to be able to share effectively. Reinforce people's small steps in that direction. And eliminate all of those areas that are crushing people's courage, those toxic courage crushers. And you will see courage and speaking up and contribution flourish on your team. I will look forward to answering your question in a future episode. In the meantime, the next time you're wondering, what were they thinking? Take a moment to find out. The answer will always help your team move forward. And when you do, you'll be the leader you want your boss to be. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.